One of the greatest obstacles to crafting health and wellness is identifying and controlling inflammation. It's at the core of all complex and chronic diseases, and it's the driving mechanism that underlies the most common symptoms that people like you struggle to overcome. Join us as we explore cutting-edge science and research to give you the information and tools you need to create the quality of life you want and deserve. And now, here is the host of Inflammation Nation, Dr. Stephen Noseworthy. You know, when it comes to the quality of the food you eat, it's kind of like everything else. There's just a huge arguments. Most of it is based on opinion or based on uh, opinions that are formed from hearing uh, incomplete or sometimes, frankly, incorrect information. Um, so let's break it down into the different macronutrients, right? So one of the the main question as it relates to the quality of protein is whether or not should um, meat and dairy products be consumed from grass-fed animals? Uh, should fish be wild-caught versus farm-raised? Um you know, it, it's very interesting. So I think I think the answer is yes for the most part, um, but I think you might be surprised if you dive into similar research, which I'm I'm not going to present here, but I can definitely point you in a direction where you can read some things, particularly about the quality of farm raised versus well, not farm raised, uh, grass fed versus grain fed uh, animal products. Um, but let's talk about fish first. I, I think we can say pretty definitively at this point that fish should be consumed in the wild-caught state if possible. Uh, one of the things that I, I try to encourage clients that I work with one-on-one -on -one with the coaching and consulting in functional medicine is, is to encourage them to spend their money wisely when it comes to eating clean, if you will. And I think that's important because, um, as you probably already know, it can get very expensive if you're trying to eat everything organic, everything hormone, antibiotic-free, and so on. I believe that's changing just because it's becoming more common to offer those types of products. But certainly, four or five years ago, um, it was a decidedly more expensive venture to switch over to eating clean meats and uh, hormone, antibiotic-free stuff and, and clean vegetables in terms of uh, organic than ever before. Now, there are many arguments that can be placed, particularly around uh, the organic stuff as it relates to vegetables, is that, um, you know, just because something is labeled organic doesn't necessarily mean that it doesn't have things like pesticides and chemical residues on it. They, they certainly do. Let me get back to the animal protein, because I, I do want to try to go through this, at least in some kind of a, a um, hierarchical way or some kind of a sequence. So talking about protein, I, I do believe that there is an advantage to consuming wild-caught fish, but what do you do if it's not available to you? I mean, if we if we hold wild-caught salmon, for example, as the, as the best option, and that's the one that everybody should be doing, and we kind of, we, we attach some kind of a value proposition to that, that if you're not consuming wild-caught salmon, uh, then you're doing yourself and perhaps your family harm. I mean, there's, there's a little bit of judgmentalism that goes along with that, which I'm not hugely fond of. And the reality is, is that some people just don't have the option either because of availability or perhaps even because of financial constraints to make, to make those choices. So my, my, my advice to you is to you do what you can and you certainly make choices that you can feel good and feel comfortable with. Um, the reality is, is that, you know, some people have been eating things that are 
farm raised in terms of fish uh, for a very long time, and they don't incur any health issues associated with that. So I'm not here to judge anyone in one direction or other. If you can afford to go wild caught, then go wild caught if it's available to you. But if not, um, then I wouldn't worry too much about it. I do think it's a better choice, but I don't think you're going to devastate your health if you're not necessarily doing that. Are there going to be people who are exceptions to that statement that I just made? Absolutely. There always is. So there will be someone who absolutely has to eat. In fact, I did a consult uh, with a gentleman today who uh, is extremely sensitive to chemicals and other residues that are found in foods, particularly processed foods. Um, and so we know that there are exceptions, but we're trying to start with, uh, if, you, if you try to build your guidelines based on the exceptions rather than the rule, then everything becomes an exception and there is no generality. And so we're trying to use our experience, our knowledge of, of what's published in the research and again, our experience in, in working with people who have these inflammatory health challenges and come up with a set of guidelines that somebody can take and go home and say, OK, I'm going to commit my my efforts over this way or my finances over this way. Um, I think you'd be surprised in terms of animal products like uh, beef, uh, pork uh, and all that kind of stuff in, in that um, while pastured meats are are certainly better for the animals if uh, and pastured meats are probably also better for the environment. Nutritionally speaking, there's really not that much difference between grain-fed meat versus grass-fed or pastured meat, specifically when it comes to the omega-3 fatty acid content. Now, this is probably the most common thing that people who are you know, pro grass fed versus anti pasture or anti grain fed is that, well, the, the omega three fatty acid profile is superior in pastured or grass fed animals. And, and that is true. But the question then becomes, is it superior to an extent that really it's going to make a difference if you eat one versus the other? Um, the bottom line is that, that you would need to eat about eight pounds, <laughs> eight pounds of grass-fed meat to get the same omega-3 content as in, say, three or four ounces of salmon, particularly the wild-caught salmon. And so while we can accurately say that grass-fed or pastured beef does contain a more favorable omega-3 to omega-6 fatty acid profile, the difference is not astounding and the difference is not to the point where it's going to make a difference to you on a day-to-day-to-day -day -day basis you'll get more omega-3 fatty acid and kind of tip the balance uh, if you consume three, four ounces of salmon two or three days a week or some other, you know, cold, deep water fish. And on top of that, a lot of people who are, you know, kind of drawing the line in the sand and saying, you know, grass-fed or pastured or nothing will maybe two hours after they consume three ounces of grass-fed ground beef or a steak will go to their pantry and take out a handful of almonds and eat those, and in doing so, will totally blow their omega-6 to omega-3 ratio out of the water, because while we look at almonds as being generally healthy in small quantities, they do contain, they contain an awful lot of omega-6 fatty acids, which we certainly need, but we need to, th to have things in balance. And, and this is the kind of monolithic thinking that tends to cause a lot of confusion. I make one choice over here, and I isolate that choice, like grass-fed, pastured versus corn-fed, 
and then I make another choice that negates the first one. And I think I'm doing good things for myself. And in reality, I'm not doing the things that I'm actually, I actually think I'm doing for myself. So that's one thing. If you want to read more about it, um, probably the best thing to do, and this is a book that's recently been published, it's called Sacred Cow. Uh, you can probably get it on Amazon.com, but it's written by Rob Wolf. And forgive me, I forget his his writing partner's name. Uh, but Rob, Rob Wolf is a um, uh, research biochemist who he actually put out one of the very first paleo diet books um, back in the day when paleo started to become a big deal. And, and he's become quite a big name. And I, I really, truly enjoy his work. Um, but he has he and his team spent a lot of time researching the health benefits of grass fed versus grain fed. And as he and I've heard him explain this on, on uh, his own radio show, that when they were mapping out the outline of the book before they actually read it, they started with the proposition that grass-fed beef was far superior to grain-fed, yet they could find no shred of evidence of that in the literature. In fact, they found quite the opposite. And they were, they were so astounded by that one unexpected finding, which really was a bias and a, and a presupposition to begin with, but they were so astounded that they hired a, a third-party independent researcher and said, we're not even going to give you our own research. We want you to look at things on your own and tell us what you come back with. And they paid him to do it. And he came back and he had the exact same conclusion that on a nutritional basis, there's really very little difference between grass-fed and corn-fed or uh, grain-fed. And, and so that can be comforting in a sense. Maybe we have to let go of some of the things that we have presumed to be true when in fact they are not. Um, like you, I was kind of surprised, probably like you, uh, I was surprised to learn that, but also it kind of takes some of the pressure off. It takes some of the pressure off of, of trying to be that person who is absolutely so pristine that I'm not going to put anything in my mouth unless I know exactly where it comes from, what its chemical content is, what, what pesticide residue is there. The reality is there's nothing you can put in your mouth that is free of some kind of a contaminant. Let me say it again. There's nothing you will ever put in your mouth that doesn't have a chemical that wants to inflame you or a, a bug or a critter that wants to infect you, which is why we have such a robust immune system built into our intestinal system. And as soon as things come out of the gut, they go straight to the liver because there's junk that has to be constantly eliminated and cleaned up. And if those things are working well, then we have a lot more wiggle room, if you will, to not eat in that pristine way and not make ourselves feel bad about not doing that. So um, let me just leave it at there for this particular episode because I, I want to go on and talk about carbohydrate quality. Um, but let me just reiterate a couple of things from this particular episode, talking about the quality of proteins. Um, I think fish, if you can buy it wild caught and you can afford it, great. That's a great choice. When it comes to other animal products like beef and pork, etc., um, don't worry so much because the studies actually show the opposite of what everybody is saying is that grass-fed is always superior to corn-fed or grain-fed. And then let me men mention this one thing because um, I, I realized that I didn't say it as I was going through this little monologue is that when it comes to dairy products, um, there is a major nutritional difference between grass-fed dairy and grain-fed dairy. It's not true of the meat substance but it is actually true of the dairy substance. And so if you have a local farmer that sells cow's milk or goat's milk, and obviously you have to be able to tolerate dairy for this even to make sense, 
that if you have the option to go pastured or grass-fed when it comes to dairy products, and that would be milk, cheese, etc., then that's a very good choice to do. And so the, the issue of grass-fed versus not, or you know, higher quality versus lower quality, I'll put that in air quotes, um, it really depends on what you're talking about. For, for animal protein, it really doesn't matter all that much. For fish, yeah, it's a better idea to go wild-caught. But when it comes to dairy products, if you tolerate them, absolutely, if, you can, if it's available to you and you can afford it, opt to go for the pastured or the grass-fed dairy over the grain-fed stuff. We'll talk next time on The Inflammation Nation. Thank you so much for listening to The Inflammation Nation. If you found this episode valuable, please rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast. Be the first to know when a new episode drops so that you can stay on top of your game. It also helps others like you find the answers they need. And why not head over to my main website, drnoseworthy.com, that's drnoseworthy.com, to explore my personalized functional medicine coaching programs, submit a question to the podcast, maybe take a quiz, or even reach out to me using the contact form that you can find there. We'll see you next time.